Listeners, from 1970 to 1974, for 96 episodes, there was a wildly popular musical sitcom television show that aired in the United States. The show was called The Partridge Family. It was a fictional American family who played music together, but The Partridge Family was based on a real-life family. Stay tuned for our interview today with Bob, Susan, and Paul, the real-life Partridge Family, the Cowsills. In your sister's room, that's where it started. Hello, this is Paul. This is Laura. And I'm Alton. We are Team Derringer. And you are listening to Derringer Discoveries. Where we take you, the listener, on an adventure. A music adventure. Today's episode is The Cow Sills. Visit Derringer Discoveries. That's The Cow Sills. C-O-W-S-I-L-L-S. Co-host Laura Derringer is under the weather today. She is with us in spirit and no doubt listening in. Poor baby, something always bringing you down. Listeners, we have with us today the three members of the Cowsills, siblings, Susan, Bob, and Paul. And yes, their last name is Cowsill. Thank you very much. As Mr. Sullivan told you, the name of our group is the Cowsills. The Cowsills were originally from Newport, Rhode Island, here in the U.S. But tonight, they're with us. And so, ladies and gentlemen, would you welcome from Newport, Rhode Island, the Cowsills. <laughs> Their family band has been on the global music scene off and on since 1965. The Cowsills have had a dozen charting singles in their career, four of which were big hits. I saw her sitting in the rain. Raindrops falling on her. She didn't seem to care. She sat there and smiled at me. Then I did. These songs charted in several of the countries where we have listeners, including Australia, Canada, New Zealand, South Africa, and the U.S. And Mexico. Oh, yeah. And Mexico. (laughs) And Italy. Mexico and Italy. I like that. (laughs) On Spotify, the Cowsills currently have upwards of 200,000 monthly listeners. We'll take our listeners around the table to meet each sibling. Then we will count down our top five favorite songs so far by the Cowsills. We will start with Susan Cowsill. Susan, please get us started. I'm Susan Cowsill of the Cowsills, and I am very happy to be here on this here podcast. When did you join the Cowsills? Oh, my gosh. Well, I was eight years old. That was the actual official age when you got to even hope to be in the band. So you dreamed of it all your life up until then. And I got in a couple of months before the Ed Sullivan show, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, So that would be what helped me out, guys, 1967. Uh, eight, maybe, I don't know, seven. Yeah. Okay, 67 or 68. Let's just say that. And that seven. We Can Fly was my first album that I did with the band. Um, so I wasn't on the first um, Rain the Park and Other Things single or album. And that's important to know. It's a good trivia fact. The band got better once you joined, right? Well, I think so. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we'll talk about that. Yeah. No, there's much truth to that. Yeah. 
I watched your Ed Sullivan appearance, and yes, Susan, you definitely add to the presence of the band. Well, there you go. <laughs> Thank you very much. What what geographic location do you call home? I call New Orleans, Louisiana home. All right, well, let's go around the table. Bob, you're next. Bob, Bob Council, age 74, born 1949, <laughs> or as I like to put it, it makes me sound old, but hi, I'm Bob Council. I'm from the 1900s. So, you know, it's, it's, it just makes it sound old if you do that. I was one of the founding members at the age of seven, and Bill was eight, and we created this duo of uh, a duo of guitar-playing, singing guys. And uh, by the time we were 12-year-olds, we were making like 10 bucks at the Newport Rhode Island Women's Guild luncheon. <laughs> that was going to evolve to the foursome that's going to get signed and dropped from labels. And evolved to the Rain in the Park and other things where mom comes in the band right there, not Susan, but mom, they, I wonder if they had to add the kid or the mother. Anyway, so mom comes in, we get the hit. Susan and Paul come in. And yes, of course, it made the vocal stack way bigger and spread it out even further. Susan's on top of Barry and John now. Now we got three high. And then we got me, Paul, and Bill. We're handling middle to low. This is quite a range that we developed by the time We Can Fly came along for that we used up to our last recording, rhythm of the, our most latest Rhythm of the World. So yeah, uh, it was great when Susan came in and Paul came in and we finished that off. Nothing like those family harmonies. Uh-huh, and more of them. Bob, what geographic location do you call home? I'm in Woodland Hills, California. I'm in a valley. It's a big valley. There's a million of us, you know. Big valley. Not the big valley. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so I'm, I'm about I'm about 30 miles from the edge of the country, the coastlines in. So okay. uh, I'm from there. Excellent. Well, let's go to Paul then, the other Paul. Well, I am Paul, and I am 72, born 11-11-1951. I, I basically got in the group just a month or two after Ed Sullivan, but I was at the Ed Sullivan show. And <laughs> yeah, you were in the audience. I was in the band before I, I was recording, you know? I mean, I was kind of a late-to-the-party kind of guy. Paul, what geographic area do you call home? Man, I call Central Oregon home. I'm out in the middle of nowhere. There's 100 people in my town, and that's at a busy time. So, yeah, it's really beautiful. I got a farm out here in uh, God's land. Well, I find it interesting. The three of you are from Rhode Island, and you're all very close, and you're still playing together in a oh, band, yeah. yet you live in three different geographic areas. You're not even like within a short drive away from each other. But we, but we have learned it's a small world, and that's okay today, because we meet on stage, we meet... Well, here, we're meeting right here, right? Uh, yeah. And so the opportunity is always there to keep us connected so that you can live where you want to live. And that that's kind of pretty cool. Yeah. And everybody is professional enough to make sure when they leave home to go to a show that you are really ready to just step in and carry it on. This is the way we've done it for 20 some odd years right now. And uh, and it works out great because it's always a, a real spontaneous sound that's coming off the stage. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's really well put, Polly, because that's exactly why it's a little bit magical, I think. Everybody does their homework. Yeah, It's a little bit like walking a tightrope because you're like, wow, I hope all this jives. And then it does. And it's like, oh, magic. <laughs> <laughs> but we have to come to the table ready. And that's that. without that, it ain't going to be magic at all. <laughs> Correct. You are listening to Derringer Discoveries. With listeners in more than 30 countries. I pay attention to the light outside, how it moves through the sky. It's 
Listeners, you may be assuming that we will focus on the Cow Sills four big hit songs. Instead, we will briefly note the four big hits, and then we will count down our top five favorite songs by the Cow Sills. The Cow Sills' first big hit was The Rain, The Park, and Other Things, sometimes referred to as The Flower Girl in the fall of 1967, more than 56 years ago, written by Steve Duboff and Artie Kornfeld. Artie was one of the primary organizers of the original Woodstock concert. The Rain, The Park, and Other Things went to number one in Canada, and in the U.S., it went to number one on Cashbox and peaked at number two on Billboard. The song was also a big hit in Australia and New Zealand. And Mexico. <laughs> and Mexico, yes. Then I did. Anybody want to chime in real quick on the rain, the park, and other things before we move on to your next big hit? I think Bob's the guy. It was a great first hit. It was our very first million seller. It got us on the radio. We all remember hearing it for the first time. And the excitement of that is unique. You know, we're part of a small group that got to experience it on a personal level. So we love that song for that reason. Hey, everybody, this is Paul Council, and if you're hearing me right now, that's because you're listening to Derringer Discoveries. The Council's second big hit was We Can Fly. This one was a co-write. Am I correct, Bob? You wrote it. Did you write it with Bill? We wrote it with Bill, Artie Kornfeld, and Steve Duboff. All four of us wrote We Can Fly. Honestly, with those three other writers and me in the same room, I probably was getting them coffee during We Can Fly <laughs> writing session. Uh-huh. And but, yet but, you uh, get the credit as one of the songwriters. I, well, is- I'm too old to remember. I may have said a word. I don't know. Maybe <laughs> That's fall. so cute. We can do what? Maybe fly. I don't know. But what we loved about We Can Fly was working with arrangers. And this was in the days of going into the studio with studio musicians and orchestras and strings and harps and arranging your writing, your written songs with these amazing people. And uh, that was a really fun, one of our favorite albums is the We Can Fly album. The interesting thing about We Can Fly, yeah, it wasn't one of our biggest hits. But when we do it live, you know, it really, people just love the heck out of that thing because we're just rolling them over with harmonies. It's a good live song. I agree. It is. It is. Yeah. In the U.S., We Can Fly peaked at 21 in January of 1968. You are listening to Derringer Discoveries. The Cowsill's third big hit was Indian Lake, written by Tony Romeo. Indian Lake went to number one in New Zealand. And in the U.S. in June of 1968, it peaked at number 10. What I remember about Indian Lake was the New Zealand, that it went to number one in yeah. New Zealand. And that was the only country Indian Lake went to number one at. Why did New Zealand pick up on this? Yeah, aren't there cow sills in New Zealand and Australia? The name you mean? Yeah. Probably. I think there are, honestly. And I think that's why it's kind of a weird, quirky place that picked us up. Honestly, I know there are. Yeah, the family name is is in New Zealand. Yeah. We're going to get there. Everybody. Indian Lake. 
everybody. This is Bob Kalsa with the Kalsills. I really enjoy listening to Derringer Discoveries. I know you guys do too. The Kalsills' fourth big hit, their biggest hit, was a cover of Hair. She asked him why. The title track from the rock musical by the same name. Why I'm a hairy guy. In March of 1969, the Cowsills version of Hair went to number one in Australia, Canada, New Zealand, and South Africa. And in the U.S., it was number one on Cashbox and peaked at number two on Billboard. Give me a head with hair, long, beautiful hair, shining, gleaming, streaming, flaxing, waxing. Give me down to there, shoulder length longer. It's funny, we only recorded hair to lip sync on a TV show, and little did we know we were working on our biggest hit. Grow it, show it, long as I can grow it, my hair. This is Antilly from Prague, Czechia. I listen to Derringer Discoveries, a music adventure podcast. In the near future, the Calsills are embarking on a tour. I've heard you mentioning this upcoming tour. I have it that it's listed as the Happy Together Again tour. So happy together. <laughs> I guess the first question I have for you, are you planning to play any of your four big hits on that tour? And can you tell us something about it? Yes, sure. Before the summer comes, we're going to know how many shows. Last year, we had 61. Uh, we sang those hits every night, and we'll sing them every night for the rest of our lives. We can't forget <laughs> Love American Style. Although it wasn't a record released, it was a song that we did for the TV show. We were on for the first season, and then it must have become too expensive, and they got the Charlie Fox singers. But, but because of Love American Style... That really hooked us up on the Happy Together tour. You got to have five hits, and and you know, and they thought a Love American Style was a hit of ours, and we let them think that. <laughs> yeah. Love American Style, freer than the land of the free. Love American Style. And now on to the countdown. Our top five favorite songs so far by the Cowsills. You are listening to Derringer Discoveries. Team Derringer, pick number five, Cross That Line. Written by Bob Cowsell and Mary Jo Cowsell. Recorded by the Cowsills, originally released in 1998 on their album titled Global, and then re-released in 2007 on the same title, Global. Susan, Bob, and Paul Cowsill, tell us about Cross That Line. Wow. Bob, you should start. Well, here's here's where the title came from. So back then, uh, the 90s or whenever it was, uh, you read newspapers. We, we didn't have phones. You read newspapers. And there was a headline. And somebody was warning Saddam Hussein that he better not cross that line in the <laughs> desert yeah. was the headline. Okay. And all that jumped out at me was cross that line. Of course, then you get an idea with a generic thing like that. And you can run with that pretty easy. That basically was the impetus to make that a challenge to most people that if if you want more than what you have, you're probably going to have to cross a line along the way to risk getting it. But if you want it all and more, 
song choice, you guys. Thank you. That is a wonderful song. Listeners, that's Team Derringer pick number five, Cross That Line, by today's special guest, the Councils. Alton, you have pick number four. <laughs> Hi, this is Susan Council of the Councils. I love listening to Derringer Discoveries. Team Derringer pick number four is, Is Your Love Alive? This song was originally recorded in 1978 and released in 2008. Susan, I hear a little bit of surface noise on this song that we don't hear on some of your other recordings. Can you tell us a little bit about that surface noise and shed some light on it for our listeners? Uh-oh, I might flunk this quiz, Derringer team. Um... I'm going to have to defer to one of the gentlemen for the surface noise. Would either one of you know what the, the Team Derringer are roughing here? Is it the crackle of the record that you're hearing? That's correct. Yeah, the crackling of the record. Oh, well, let me tell you something. The producer of the Cocaine Drain album. This is great stuff. <laughs> Chuck Plotkin. And when he when we parted ways, he was signed, I think, with uh, Dunhill or Chrysalis. Anyway, well, let's let's say Chrysalis. And he moved the tape library over to Chrysalis's tape library. Chrysalis collapsed in a day. It might have not been Chrysalis, one or the other one. Electric Asylum. No, it wasn't Electric oh. Asylum. It, it's uh, after, after Clover. Columbia. No. Columbia doesn't <laughs> collapse in a day. Anyway, this just <laughs> collapsed in a day, and everyone raided the library, the tape library. So the Cocaine Drain, which is your love alive, is a song on the Cocaine Drain album. That got all stolen. And, and so years later, I found an acetate of the album that had never been played. Okay? Wow. And oh, it's my what, God. It's what, it's what you heard. Um, I immediately put it to CD, and I've already uh, actually taken all the crackle out. We have a very clean version of it ready to go. But but I know what you heard with the crackle. It's like somebody put a, a needle on it, and it's playing. Yeah, yeah. So that's why that's there. It was an acetate. You guys, way to go, Team Derringer. Yeah. So um, now, Is Your Love Alive itself, in particular, we decided <laughs> – it's funny. Remember, this is the 70s, guys. We are out of step. Okay, disco, the Bee Gees, we love it all, but we don't do it. Is Your Love Alive was our attempt at a disco song. It's got the boom, boom, boom. <laughs> we can copy the bass drum. We started with the bass drum. Okay, we're on our way. I mean, we just took off with that. It's true. And uh, we, we wrote a disco song. And it was actually the last one to get on the Cocaine Drain album because it was going to be the segue song into recording six more songs after the Cocaine Drain album was done. And the Is Your Love Alive was an indicator that we're going to now morph a little this way with songwriting, which we did. And it's out there. We, we made the recordings. It's not on the album at all. But Is Your Love Alive, we love the vocals. Yeah. We love Steve Foreman on percussion. He's the conga and the all the, anything percussion, you'll hear this better without the crackle. But his percussion playing was terrific. Well, listeners, that was a snippet of Is Your Love Alive by the Cal Sills. That came in as Team Derringer pick number four. 
Bonjour les auditeurs, ici Electro One de Paris. J'écoute Deringer Discoveries, a music adventure podcast. Paul Derringer, I think you have pick number three. You are listening to Derringer Discoveries. That's right, Alton. Pick number three was written by Bob Calsill. This song is featured on the Calsill's 2022 album titled Rhythm of the World. It's a song called Katrina with a K. I was born in 54. When a category four called Carol came ashore. Katrina as in Hurricane Katrina. Katrina, what did you do to me? Do me Bob, tell us about this song, Katrina. Uh, Katrina is a song that we came up with. Uh, it's kind of a memorial song to our brother Barry, who passed away in, in the Katrina hurricane. So when the hurricane struck, uh, Susan, she evacuated, but Barry stayed. And that was a big mistake. And he paid the, the ultimate price. It's not like I was scared, not like in a panic, but I didn't know what I was in for. Now, after the hurricane, of course, we're left here. And we're talking like, who's going to write Katrina? Who's going to write Katrina? And it took a long, long time because it was such a sensitive subject. I had this melody, but the melody was driven by the hurricane and the whole scene. But then lyrically, we had to depict this this event. And so it's a first person account in the verses. This is kind of Barry telling you what happened. Yeah, you say you're born in 54. So you're singing as if you're Barry. Yeah, yeah. This was a first person. And I'm going, what's with the first person? But it made sense because as a writer, you're just opening your doors. I don't say I'm getting cosmic and lighting candles, but this stuff's coming into me. What happened? Okay. So I'm writing it and it's unfolding as I write it. And I'm just going with the flow as a writer when you're in the flow of that flow. And this is what happened to him. We think he died on a levee and we know he drowned. And he probably drowned in whatever wave took him under at the time it took him under, because that's where they found him, under the water. Uh, so then after writing it, then the issue is recording it. And as recording it, it's difficult to do a lead vocal like that. But if you do it, I don't know, you, you just get into a mode where you just don't think of Barry. You're telling a story, just recount what happened and don't get into this is your brother, any of that stuff. Or you can't, you, you know, you, you got to watch what you think sometimes during some songs during recording. So you can get the performance you want out of yourself without, you know, getting all warbly on your voice because you're going to start getting emotional. Amen. Amen to that. <laughs> and I do like candles and get cosmic when I open up my tunnel. Katrina, what did you do to me? Listeners, that's Team Derringer pick number three, Katrina, by today's special guest, the Cow Sills. Alton, pick number two is yours. Hello there, everyone. It's an early bird here from Italy. I listen to Derringer Discoveries, a music adventure podcast. You should do the same. Team Derringer pick number two is You Gotta Get Up. It's the opening track on the same album as Katrina. That album is Rhythm of the World from 2022. You Gotta Get Up was written by Bob, Paul, and Susan Cowsill. Paul Cowsill, would you tell us a little bit about the song? 
So we're out on the Happy Together Tour, and, and if you don't know about that bus ride, um, you're on that bus almost 22 hours a day, and then you've got the show, and then you get back on the bus. And now for years, even when Bill and Barry were still alive, Susan was saying, dudes, we got to do a, at least one last album. And well, time's going by, and, and Bill and Barry passed, and we're on the Happy Together Tour, and, and Howard Kalin of the Turtles, at the end of the show, uh, before we're going into Happy Together, he would tell everybody to get up, get up. I mean, he's screaming <laughs> at these people. Now, 10 years ago, everybody bounced up. But, you know, now 10 years later, people are going, what are you talking about? But what we had to do was... We, we we are snow kids, okay? Snow day kids, which if we can put something off till tomorrow, we're gonna. So <laughs> we're all we're sitting on the side of the stage and we're going, man, we gotta write a song. We're like, get up. We gotta get up. We gotta do that, you know? And we kept talking about that. And I don't know. I remember one night we're just driving and Susan's sitting right to my left and Bob is sitting on the couch across. And so we're just sitting there and I'm thinking, man, we better start doing something here. And I was just throwing something out. And all of a sudden I'm writing down these verses and and so I nudge Susan and say, Susan, look at it. Is this something we can work with? And so Susan looks at that and she goes, Bob, look at Paul's got these words, you know? And so Bob goes, give me those words. And so and we're on the bus, okay? This is happening in five minutes. And in 10 minutes, Bob has yeah. the whole melody and we're rocking this thing. And Susan's going to put a bridge in this thing and we're going to be rocking. And it happened that quick. Yeah. And it really literally did go down in about 20 to 25 minutes. And when we were done, we were kind of in a little state of shock. Yeah. No matter how you try, it seems so hard. It's up to you this time to push your card. But you gotta get up. You gotta tow your line. You gotta take your stagger. It just came tumbling out. It was amazing. Well, listeners, that's Team Derringer pick number two, You Gotta Get Up, by today's special guest, the Cows Hills. I'm sending it back to you, Paul Derringer, for Team Derringer pick number one. Hey, this is Ben Arthur, the creator and host of Songwriter. I'm not only a past guest on Derringer Discoveries, but I'm also a subscriber. And if you love hearing great new music, you should be too. Team Derringer pick number one has been released three times so far. The first time was in 1998 on the Calsills album titled Global. As noted, Global also features Team Derringer pick number five, Cross That Line. The album was re-released in 2007, making it a second time for this song. The third time was in October of 2023 on an EP called A Christmas Offering from the Calsills. Here they are, and here it is, pick number one. A song called Some Good Years. Bob, since you wrote it, tell us about the song. Well, of course, I had that melody all done. <laughs> and <laughs> I needed to write about something. My original lyrics on Some Good Years was all about the history and, and the career of Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. <laughs> and I, and yeah. yeah, and and once I started recording it, I started recording that on my own kind of, I had changed those by then, but the goal was to get it to him so that when he retired, they always made these videos and I'd see him on uh, Why World of Sports. 
spanning the globe to bring you the constant variety of sport, the thrill of victory, and the agony of defeat. The retirement video, I called them, and be some nice song going on while they're slow-mowing the guy's career. And I thought, well, some good years would be great for that if I could get it to him. Well, you know, I never did. Uh, but anyway, I changed the lyric to a more general kind of lyric after that. I said, right, let's not be specific here. Uh, and made it more about the way memories evolve the older we get and how harsh memories soften and, and good memories get better. And All in all, at 74, I would have to say I've had many good years, you know, many good years. Yeah. And despite the little things in and out of them that made you who you are today, your memories work real well for you on that. It's a great New Year's song. It is know? a great it, New it, Year's it, song. It resonates yeah. with everybody's New Year's thoughts and stuff, you know. Listeners, that's Team Derringer pick number one, Some Good Years, by today's special guest, the Cowsills. Susan, Bob, Paul, do you have any shout-outs to friends, family, and or fans? You know, I do have a shout-out, and a shout-out goes to all of our fans, because they've been with us, like, for 55 or 6 years, however long we've been doing it. They've been with us, you know? The Association, the Buckinghams, all those cats, Gary Puckett, they're all, like, in their 80s. You know, or right on the cusp of 80. And, and we're the younger batch of older people. <laughs> and I just want to thank all of our fans for hanging in there with us. They're real fans, you know, real They're loyal as heck, <laughs> loyal as heck. And, and will yeah. defend us till the nth degree. Yeah, we are a band because we love one another. We're a family. This is how we came up together. This is how we we be with each other. And the message being, life is hard. We know how difficult this world is, but man, you've got to hang on to the source, which is love. So for the new year, I'm grateful that the councils have a new record out that sends that message out there because I feel we need it. And it makes me feel good to be kind of ambassadors of love. Susan, Bob, Paul, thank you for joining Team Derringer today and being part of this podcast episode. This has been Derringer Discoveries, a music adventure podcast. For the songs featured in this episode, all copyrights are by the Cowsills or as otherwise indicated. Listeners, you can follow us on social media. We're at Derringer Pod on Instagram and X, formerly known as Twitter, and at Derringer Discoveries on Facebook. Remember to follow us on your podcast app and please share this episode with others. Thanks for listening to Derringer Discoveries. In your sister's room. And the U.S., we can fly, peaked at 21 in January of 1968. Oh, 21. 21. 21. <laughs> I thought it was 14. We can't even <laughs> say top 20. What? <laughs> <laughs> That's according to Billboard. You, if you have another chart. It, oh, get me record world then, all right? Right. Cashbox. <laughs> yeah. Forget about Billboard. <laughs> Billboard dropped the ball, huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh. <laughs>
and in the U.S. It was number one on Cashbox and peaked at number two on Billboard, who obviously got it wrong again. (laughs) 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 And if your wife is like my wife, she's probably giving you an idea of what happens if you cross a line. Hello. You know, I had two lines. She saw them. She took them and uh, said, that, "Forget about your song. This is my song." And uh, if Paul did that with a stranger, the stranger goes, "Well, Paul, that's two lines. You're going to get 02 percent of royalty." <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Taylor Swift has nothing on us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ha, 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 ha.